Acts chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. This is the word of the Lord. Well, we're glad that you're here, and you're here um, on a good Sunday. So we're in a vision series called Axioms, where we were learning these uh, very important truths from the scriptures and how they affect our lives. And today we're just going to press pause on that um, as we've been um, announcing and talking about today. We're going to commission and um, send out Parker and Lindsay Williams on their new adventure. And you'll get to hear from Parker here in a minute. Parker served on our board and been community group director uh, for a number of years here at Westside. But what's really important about this day is that this day has been prayed for um, and a part of something. And, and the title today is sort of an Antioch moment. And we're going to find out what that means. But, but just to sort of make sense of this and, and how this even affects you, um, six years ago, this past um, August, or a few months before August, uh, Courtney and I met with a group of people, a group of leaders here at Westside. It was back in one of the rooms. It's the old youth room, which is actually now a nursing room. So that's cool. And uh, with the remodel and all of that stuff. And uh, a few weeks prior to that, I had been in a phone conversation with Brandon Miller, who was the chairman of the board. And uh, Westside didn't have a pastor at the time. And Courtney and I were in a season of transition in our life. And so we had been in student ministry for a number of years. And we were actually in conversations with the church um, in Bethel, Indiana, just a big church. And so we were just in a season of transition. And uh, I had some relationships here at the church. And so we talked and, and we met with these leaders uh, back there in the room and just asked some questions as to what it would look like. Would you be interested in being our pastor? What would you do if you came here? And, and it was sort of kind of like just hinting around at some stuff in a conversation. You know, there's a little bit of nerves, like, do they like me? This, that, and the other, right? And then Brandon, who I have officially nicknamed Mr. No Filter, right? Just no filter. Just sometimes he finds out what he's going to say the same time you do. Just like, all right, great. And I had talked with Brandon on the phone a few weeks prior, and he just said, hey, man, what would you do if you came here um, as, as our pastor? Like, 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 what would be your vision for that? And so I just talked to him on the phone, and we were back there in the meeting just sort of softballing some questions. And then finally, Brandon just leaned forward, and Brandon said, just tell him what you told me on the phone, right? And uh, we were sitting there, and there was a chalkboard. I remember the big old chalkboard there in the room. And so I grabbed a piece of chalk, and I wrote gospel community, mission. I told him what I believed in my theology about the local church, the big $3 words, ecclesiology. Um, I wrote elders, because when we look in the Bible, we don't see a board of directors, we see a board of elders. And so I said, that would be something that we would transition to in the future. I said, listen, I would put everything on the table, even if it was a name change or whatever it is. And then I said this. I said, when I look in the scriptures, I see that churches plant churches, that churches send out people, that when I look in the scriptures, I don't see churches um, just excited about how many people they can stuff in one location. I said, I want us to be a church that 
sends out people, that plants churches. I don't even know what that looks like. I just know that when I read the Bible, I see something like that. And I said a few other things, and I said, but more importantly, we will be a church that's committed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we will pray, and we will seek the lost. Silence. Nothing. And then Paul Woods, who's a founding member here, who's gone to be with the Lord. Miss Margaret Cross was in that room as well. She's gone to be with the Lord. Paul Woods, who could not hear a shotgun go off next to him, <laughs> leaned up and said, I believe that's what we need at this church. And I thought, oh my goodness, I think we might be a pastor here, right? Looked at Courtney like they don't hate us. And then Miss Margaret came up and she handed Courtney and I zucchini bread. And she said, I've asked the Lord that you'd be our pastor. I thought, oh God, I guess we're coming here now. Miss Margaret hears directly from the Lord, right, you know? And that was something that I knew just because I, anytime I read my Bible, I, I saw something. I saw something. And, and it was sort of in a way, just in layman's terms, it's, it's like God's math, okay? God has a certain type of math. And it goes all the way back to the book of Genesis, okay? So Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. After God's made everything, he commissions Adam and Eve with something. And he says this, be fruitful and, what's the word? Multiply. Westside's favorite command. We love that, right? For married couples, that is our favorite command. Be, oh, that was a different sermon, sorry. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So listen, from the very beginning, we see this God, this good creator God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, in perfect union in relationship, create human beings in his image and likeness. And this God's desire is that this image, these image bearers would multiply, that there would be more and that there would be more. And when you think about that, that, that requires the image bearer's participation as well as God's blessing. And so we see that this God is so interested that this whole earth be filled and multiplied with his image bearers. Now, we see that this is the plan all through the Old Testament with God's people. Then we see that there's sin, and then there's just this journey, and then we see God come in the flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. And we see the New Testament equivalent of what God's plan was in the very beginning. When Jesus is resurrected and he's getting ready to ascend, he does the same thing to the disciples. And Jesus says these words in Matthew 28. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You see, there is one grand story and one grand narrative, and it is this, that the God of the universe has created human beings in his image and likeness and the purpose of every image bearer is to glorify the God that created them and to multiply and to make other people that glorify that God. That's it. 
That is the grand story. And we see this all through the scriptures. And so listen, this is, this is the big idea, and this is something that, that is very important for us in the DNA here at Westside. This is what we believe about the local church and what the purpose of this church is, and it's this. The mission of the church is the mission of God. Listen, um, we don't sit around with a whiteboard and go, hmm, what's our purpose? Well, I think we should be a church for people who love cats. You know, there's just not enough of those. Or, you know, we should be a golfing church. You know, golfers need the Lord. Right? Yes. Yes. Right? Listen, we don't do that. Okay? We don't do that. God, God has very clearly spoken as to what the mission is. It's God's mission. So, the mission of the church is the mission of God, which is to make and multiply disciples through the local church. Through the local church. So, um, there is no plan B. God has no plan B when it comes to making disciples apart from the local church. So, so I am very sort of heavy-handed and conservative when it comes to the ecclesiology of what God's mission is. And what we believe is that the church is a little outpost of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And so the church is where the people gather, right? It is the people of God. It's what we're teaching your kids, that we are the church. And we come and we gather. Of course, we don't, quote unquote, go to church, but we gather together as commanded in the scriptures. But we're living this life out. And you say, Jason, well, that's pretty heavy-handed when it comes to sort of the local church. Because I heard, you know, that you can just worship God wherever you're at. And, you know, I love the deer woods. And I just do church online. Like this morning, I went to three churches. Brother David Jeremiah and Charles Stanley, who's still alive and still preaching the Lord. You know, right? I love that, okay? Love those guys. Love that they're preaching. Love the deer woods. I don't spray pee on me and go out in the woods and try to kill something. But I get it, okay? I get it. That's awesome. Um, but the local church, the gathering of the saints, that we believe that when the people of God are gathered on the Lord's day and the Lord's people and we open the word of the Lord and those people that are filled with the spirit of the Lord, that God does something, that God does something. And then we get to the book of Acts. And we see there's this rhythm in the book of Acts that these people are sent out and that these people preach the good news of Jesus Christ. And, and there's a couple of reactions. Um, some are riots. That happens. And then there's this repentance and then things change. And then there's this leadership that's set up. And then these people are walking with the Lord and making disciples. And that's what we see at the church in Antioch. And so what we're going to do is I just want to look at a few little principles at the church in Antioch and how this pertains to this Antioch moment for us as a church as we are commissioning and sending Parker and Lindsay out with that same authority, that same mission, that the call of God that is upon their life, that they don't sit around with, what's our mission? The mission is to make and to multiply more disciples. And so what do we see about this church at Antioch? Um, it's important in, in the history of the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1, Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. And then he says sort of Judea, Sumeria, and to the ends of the earth, right? 
that's sort of like saying, you will be my witnesses um, in Popper Bluff, in Butler County, the state of Missouri, and then the nation. Jesus is saying that, that this gospel is going to spread out. And up until Acts chapter 13, the gospel has been preached and everything's been happening sort of in Jerusalem, which is sort of the epicenter of where everything's happened. But when we see Acts chapter 13, the Holy Spirit sends out beyond that point. And so what do we see about an Antioch moment? And what's been going on in this journey with Parker and Lindsay? The first thing that I see is this, a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. A sensitivity to the Spirit. Acts chapter 13 says this, Now there were in the church, man, this roster when it comes to like church history, I mean, this is like... Um, you know, the 96 Olympics dream team with, you got, I mean, you got Magic Johnson, you got Michael Jordan, you got all of that. These guys are hardcore leaders in the church. But look at verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Interesting. The Holy Spirit said, was it like audible? I don't know. Maybe. Did, did it say to one of the prophets and then the prophet stood up and then everybody sort of, I don't know. It's just, we don't know, but it's just really cool. But do you know what I love? While they were worshiping. While they were worshiping. While they were worshiping and fasting. Um, oftentimes, we're desperate and want a word from the Lord. And oftentimes we're asking God, what's next in our season? And most of the time, most of the time, this is the sentence, that God oftentimes reveals future missions when we have been faithful with past missions. Because just drop back a little bit and look at chapter 12 and drop down to verse 25. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service. See, it's interesting. Um, Jesus teaches us that those who are faithful with small things, greater things will be revealed for them. And oftentimes what I see in the life of the church is, you know, a position for a microphone, but nobody's trying to get a position for a mop, okay, right? And so oftentimes it's being faithful with, with small things, and then God, in that faithful service, reveals future things. And when it comes to Parker Lindsay being a part of the team that came here in the season of directing in community groups and serving on the board, they've been faithful as they've been here in this season. And oftentimes what we say, and well, let's just, what is this set apart? What is that? And the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me. And then when you drop down, it says, um, then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. I love this. Um, we see divine work and we see human work sort of working it out together. We see God say, um, I have a special service. I, I want you to set this apart. So, so what we would say in the church lingo is we would call that a biblical term, a calling, a calling. Because listen, here's something I'm weary of, that, that when we see what happens today and when we anoint and commission Parker and Lindsay, um, that you're sitting there saying, well, I'm not commissioned and, and I'm not sent. Well, um, Spurgeon said this, 
um, that every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. So here's what that means. That you have a purpose, that you're sent, that, you're, that you go to your workplace, that you go to your family, that you are a missionary in the context in the world that God has given you. But we see a vocational calling within the New Testament. We see that God places a call on people's lives that is really, quite frankly, to use a real positive term, is a burden, is what it is. Then until that is fulfilled, until that is fulfilled, it's like, ah, this is this gifting that God has given me, and you're going to hear from Parker as to how that's formed. But when it comes to this, we see that there's a setting apart of. And, it, and it's almost even you know, sort of weird to talk about uh, when it comes to a setting apart, because then it makes you, like I said, think, oh, well, then I'm de-set apart. That's not the case. God has set up an order and a structure within the local church. And what's interesting is go up to the top. Do you see all these names? It says that they were prophets and teachers. I mean, this is a preaching team right here, bro. Like, some of these guys wrote the New Testament, okay? That's pretty awesome. But notice that the Holy Spirit doesn't want that team grouped up together in just one location. Um, I, I love it. Francis Chan said it this way. Um, he said, uh, Christians, and especially Christian leaders, are like manure. You have to pause there for dramatic effect. That's the whole purpose, right? Um, they're like manure. That when you clump them together, they stink. But when you spread them out, when you spread them out, they can serve and fertilize and nurture the body of Christ. It is the setting apart. And what we are doing, listen, here's the sentence. God appoints leaders in the church. And the church body affirms that appointment. That is what the solidarity of the laying on of hands are. And so what we are saying today as a congregation, as a body, is that we believe and we see the call of God that is upon Parker and Lindsay's life. And that their faithful service over these past years here at Westside is affirming that. So I see a sensitivity to the Spirit. But then the second thing that I see is this, is ascending of the saints. And this is just so countercultural. Like, if you're building a business, um, if you're building a basketball team, I mean, if you're doing any of that, you don't do what we see in the New Testament. It just seems to be counterintuitive. And it says there that, hey, listen, Paul and Barnabas, the Holy Spirit's affirmed this, appointed you to a call. These guys are, are assets to the local church. They're faithful. They're trusted. And we're going to send them out. And you're like, whoa, 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 what? That doesn't make any sense at all. And what we see always is um, from an, organization, uh, from an uh, organizational standpoint, that doesn't make sense. But the church isn't an organization. The church is an organism. It's a living and breathing thing. And the goal is to multiply and to multiply and to multiply. And it is to send. It's to send. I love the way that one author put it. Stan, uh, who wrote for World Vision, says these words, and it's very interesting. The other day when I was reading about a certain church, I came upon the fact that it seats 900. That's a common enough way of how people describe church size. The Houston Astrodome seats 50,000. The Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, 91,000. But I wondered, 
Is seeding power the way a church should be measured? You see, wouldn't sending power be more relevant? I'd like to know if that church sends 900 or even 90. Perhaps we've gotten in the habit of lumping church going in with spectator sports, where it is the coming and not the going that is important. That may help to explain why we attach such important to glossy, fast-paced church services in which even ushers are expected to perform with the choreographed precision of the Rockettes. The entertainment industry knows all about slickness and image. And if we're trying only to fill seats, that's probably the direction to go. But it seems to me that the church might be better by trying to empty its seats. The churches are ought to be a sending agency, a recruiting office. As nearly as I can tell, the New Testament doesn't talk about, or, or recruitment doesn't talk about the number of recruits it can hold, but the number it has sent. Come to think of it, I've never seen a very big or very plush recruiting office. They don't have to be, because the action is somewhere else. You see, listen, it's not about the idea of a seeding power as it is a sending power. I love that language. But what you need to know is, is that you are a product of that sitting in here right now. In May of 1963, a core group of people were sent out. They were sent out by a state organizer because on this end of Popper Bluff, there wasn't a lot. And what they saw was is that the town was growing in the north direction. And so on this end, adjacent from the mother church would have been the west side. And so the state organizers sent out a group of people that met in the basement of Margaret and Ted Cross's home. And in May of 1963, west side was formed by a group of people who were sent out. You see, it's always about multiplication and not about addition. And so I'm so excited that this fits into our grand vision. And, and there's also grief in there as well. Because it's like you love your friends and you love the work and the partnership in the ministry. And it's like a gospel sending forth. But at the same time, it's like, no, can you stay? You want to stay another night? Just, just hang out for two more nights, right? But you know this at the same time. And so... Um, I want to hear from Parker, so, so Westside, if you could, show Mr. Parker Williams some love as he comes up here on the stage. Pull your seat up. People already know who you are, so, okay. yeah, right? I'm also an Enneagram 8, and if you know anything <laughs> what that means, or if you know me at all, you know that this is super uncomfortable for me, so yeah, because if you think didn't... Brandon didn't know what he was saying, <laughs> wait, I won't know until afterwards right, what yeah. I said, okay. Because what Parker's trying to say is because it involves feelings. Yeah, right. And so he's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. So, right. At least I have something to hold on yeah. to here. So you've been here from, from the beginning. Mm -hmm. We've, your family's been friends with my family for a long time. Long time. Um, people have known you. You've served on the board here for a number of years, community group director. Um, I want to ask you, as long as I've known you, you you've loved the, the local church. You, you've held a high view of that. And so I know it's impossible to do, but your journey into... Your, your walk, and then that call, and then the local church. What's that looked like in, 
in, in a three-minute elevator pitch, which is hard Three-minute elevator pitch. I'm going to steal something from Eugene Peterson, okay? Great. So Eugene Peterson in his book, The Pastor, um, talking about his call and coming into being a pastor was, um, he said, it's kind of like a dog going around and looking where to do his business, okay? Not <laughs> unlike the manure analogy. Yeah. You know, it's kind of intently haphazard. That dog really doesn't know what he's up to, but he knows it when he finds it, right? Yeah, yeah. And so over the last 15, 20 years, God's been pruning and forging and doing things in my life and I've never known where that was going but it was just each time it was just trying to be faithful in the season that I was in and and seeing where that was going and that, that wasn't without angst and anxiety for for wanting something and it not being there or sure. or trying to force something as my eightness does yeah um so yeah it was one step at a time and before I realized it um God had started forming me not only into um, someone like that, but in a particular tradition that was yeah. very surprising. Yeah, for sure. I want to get to that. But I like what you're saying is, is that when it comes to a call, because I think we grew up with this understanding what was preached was like, if you're called, you're called and you find it and, and you find that church and you find that calling and it's that easy, but it's more of being formed. Yeah. It's not that. Yeah. Right. So we grew up, you know, and having the altar calls of eight-year-olds coming up to accept the mission of God on their right. life, right, and all that. So, and for me, it wasn't that way. Um, and it, it started slow and little different things, and shortly after we came to Westside, going to Fuller, going to seminary at a distance, yeah. and one of the first things I ran into there was the president, Todd Bolsinger, and, and a quote that he's often quoted at now. Um, he said, you know, calling is something we talk a lot about, but calling is, is more often formed than found. Yeah. And you know, it's, uh, we don't realize or discover our calling until we are, have been formed for it. That's good. And, and that's, that's good. been something that um, for years it was, it was being done, but even then I kind of didn't realize it or denied it or, or, or tried to shy away from it sure. um, because of the, the fear of what that might mean. Yeah, um, for sure. But, yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to, uh, just briefly, when you talked about so if you would think about it, we just toured, uh, my, Courtney and I up in St. Louis and saw the history of the Mississippi River. And so to see one stream, how many creeks and how many other things come off from that stream reminded me of Christianity, the book of Acts, the gospel is that Mississippi River. It's that, it's that stream. Um, but there are traditions that come off from that stream. And so for you in that forming season, you have found yourself in a particular stream of that. And, and what would that be? And, and what made you love that? Yeah, so that would be the, the Anglican tradition. Um, that is the church that um, after the Reformation uh, uh, took place in, started in, the, in, in England, in the Church of England, and then came over here in the expression in the United States. Um, has, has gone a few different ways, but it, here it's the Episcopal Church. And uh, for me, that started um, in, in my undergrad in college in Joplin, visiting a, a Wednesday night Eucharist service and just being struck by what seemed transcendent and holy about the way they approached Jesus and the way they walked with Jesus um, that took serious the sacraments uh, in the Eucharist. And it was this, this something that was sacred. And that just it did nothing more to me than to, to spark a little curiosity yeah. And then um, over the years studying, and, and for me, I'm, I, as I said, I'm, I'm in your mate. I come to things intellectually. Sure. And so for me, that was the path of studying my way into it. Mm. And um, sometimes that comes across as if the Anglican tradition is something that is Christianity 2.0 or some kind of you know, sure. advanced, and it's not that. Um, but for me, I came in through being struck by the beauty and, and, and the, the approach to the sacred 
and then studying myself into it yeah. um, and it, it answering some questions from yeah. that. Yeah. So for you guys, you and Lindsay in this next season, that's going to look like Holy Cross Episcopal Church here in Popper Bluff. And so tell the people just a little bit about that church and what this season is going to look like for, for you. Yeah, for, for me, and, and not everybody's story is this way, but for me, um, my calling wasn't a general shotgun calling to ministry. My calling has been formed while being here, being formed at, at Westside and, 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 and living with my family here, you all. Um, but it's also been um, in serving here and there over the last four or five years at Holy Cross as they needed. And so it's been formed in the context of a particular congregation. Um, Holy Cross is the, let me see if I get this right, it's the oldest church in Butler County that's had the same congregation worshiping since they were formed. Um, they, they were founded in around 1901. Not the um, literal same people, but like the same. Well, right, yeah. <laughs> maybe. Maybe, but, uh, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so, uh, so they, they've had, they have a long history of serving Popper Bluff, particularly yeah. downtown Popper Bluff. And so I've fallen in love with the people there, um, with the way they walk with Jesus, and the story of Holy Cross. Um, so, yeah, I yeah. don't remember the whole question. And so now but, what's that, what's the season yeah. going to look like for you? So we are just slowly stepping in there. Um, Annette Joseph was the, the previous rector. She left four or five months ago, somewhere around there. I'm mm-hmm. not entirely sure when that was. But uh, we're just stepping in there and serving as, as we can and, and as we're needed right now. And I'll begin the ordination process within the Episcopal Church which is a long process. It'll take an, uh, uh, there's a lot of steps and, and hoops to jump through to, sure. to both confirm the calling, to form um, me into the, the kind of pastor that they want. And uh, so that'll be discernment committees and, uh, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, for and sure. And even psychological evaluations. Oh so that may gracious. be a problem. We'll see. Yeah, I can't wait to see those results. Yeah. Um, yeah. So more importantly, um, this isn't like a, we'll never see you again. What this is, is in affirming what we said. God appoints, and the congregation affirms um, that calling. And so the way I was telling Parker was, it's like um, when your kids get old enough and they move out and they sort of live on their own, but Thanksgiving and Christmas still happens like at that house. That's like you're, they're starting their own family, but there's like a base. And so I think Westside's always going to be that for your family. I want to reiterate that. Like, yeah. this, is, this is my family. Like West Side's my home, you know. This is where I've kind of I've come into a lot of things, and uh, um, so yeah, we're we're not moving to Africa. For <laughs> one. We're we're going downtown Popper Block. Yeah, right. And uh, <laughs> that's great. And so um, when we talked, to, we talked a little bit about uh, kingdom, and the, and the mission of the kingdom is the local church, yeah. you know. And Jesus's promises, Jesus promises in the Gospels that I will build my church, yes. and that's not one expression of the no. church, you know. And so. The Holy Spirit's been forming me in a particular way, yes. and uh, that, that's where I'm going. And as you said as well, this is unusual for congregations or, or Christian movements even to commission somebody to a whole different stream of the faith. Yep. And, but that is a, that's predicated on what we're doing is a very high view of the kingdom, yes. that God's doing something, and that Holy Cross is going to be able to reach people and make disciples of Jesus that West Side's never going to be able to, never, never going to see, yep. and, and vice versa. And so, um, yeah, yeah. It, it, this is a family. I'm still going to be showing up here. You can't get rid of me that easy, as I told John G. On, on Facebook, right? And you're going to be seeing my wife and my kids coming through and around, and we're going to be working real close to, yeah. together over the next few years. And I think the thing, the reason why that can happen is because most of the time, you know, 
you, you hear of, and unfortunately in this part of the area, it's like, well, these four people got mad at these people and they started 17th Baptist Church. <laughs> you know, because, and it's just, and listen, that is, that's division. That's, that is demonic when it comes to the splitting. Jesus prayed for unity. And, and I think the only way when it comes together on something like that is, is you have to be committed to, to Jesus, first and foremost, and then that kingdom. So um, how, can, how can these people pray for you? How can they partner with you? Is there a website, all that good stuff? Yeah, um, holycrosspb.org. Find yeah. us there and on Facebook. Um, we've been setting all that up over the last few months. And yeah. uh, for the first thing that came to mind when thinking about that was just faithfulness to Jesus, you mm. know, um, and, and whatever that means. Yeah. Um, I don't know what all that means yet. Um, sure. So be praying for that. And my wife and my kids coming over there. Like, yeah, um, yeah it's, a, it's a big, scary, scary thing. It is. For sure. It is. Yeah. But Parker, we're affirming that call upon your life and that God is going to be faithful in that season. And so what we're going to do now is what we're going to do, what we see um, in the Bible, which is a big shocker. Uh, we're going to have Parker and Lindsay uh, come forward here. I'm going to invite uh, our Lindsay's board. already crying. <laughs> I love it. We're going to invite our board up, and we're going to lay hands and anoint Parker and Lindsay and give them a charge. And we're going to ask you as a congregation to be praying, and uh, you'll get some instructions in this part as well. So Parker and Lindsay, if you guys would come up, if our board would come up. guys right here. And just as a sign of submission to the authority of the gospel, we would ask if you guys could kneel here while we anoint you with oil and lay our hands on you and pray for you. Parker, we anoint you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lindsay, we anoint you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We, as the body of Westside Church of God, acknowledge the call upon your lives. Parker, I don't know if I've ever seen somebody as gifted as you. You've been a dear friend to me in my life. And in this new season, I believe that God is going to form and mold you in a new way. And the one charge that I give you, Parker Williams, is to preach the word of God. To preach it in season and out of season. And to preach Jesus Christ. Lindsay, your love to my family and to my wife means more than we could ever express in your service here at this church. When God calls a man, he never calls a man alone. You are just as important in this call as this man is here. So I pray that you would be a woman who serves that local church, serves her husband, and finds your calling there. And we pray for those kids. We pray for Charlotte and for Sam and for Rowan, that they would be kids who love the church. And so Parker and Lindsay Williams, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. And God, we ask that you would bless them. And we affirm this call that you have upon their life. God, we're thankful for the season that they have been faithful in. God, Westside would not be what it is today if it was not for the work of these two individuals. And God, we know, Jesus, that you go before them. And that this next season at Holy Cross will be one where the harvest is plentiful. But God, what we're also asking is that you would send them workers as well to partner in this season. God, we know that you give a promise every time you give a call. And the promise is your presence. And that you will be with them even to the end of the age. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you would be with them in fullness. And we ask that you would show them and guide them the way. And we pray this all in the Holy and in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Stand where you're at. Pastor Tyler is going to lead us in another prayer.
Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We want to pray for you guys as a church out loud. Church, Westside, would you join us in praying for Parker and Lindsay out loud together? Heavenly Father, in your great goodness, make Parker and Lindsay servants in your church. Give them grace to be modest, humble, and consistent in their ministry. Give them a ready will to observe all spiritual discipline. And with the testimony of a good conscience before them, may they continue stable and strengthened in the service of your Son, Jesus Christ, who has all the glory and all of the honor forever and ever. Amen. Amen.